more than my wish by Rascal Flatts. <laughs> if a mother, okay, if a mother and son get up at thing. a wedding and dance to my wish, I am I am Alex Mack, radioactive <laughs> puddle sliding through the vents. I am melted. I am dying. That is actually true. everyone. Welcome back to the Be There in Five podcast. I'm Kate Kennedy, your host. I am an author, entrepreneur, a self-appointed pop culture commentator, and I have this podcast with the same name as my company, Be There in Five, because it's all about the things that distract me on a daily basis about pop culture, current events, celeb gossip, memories of the 90s that, that distract me so much that I often find myself in a full-blown sprint to my destination, texting my friends that I'll be there in five when I, in fact, just got in the shower. I'm very naturally curious, and I find my listeners are too. So here we dissect and analyze different aspects of day-to-day life and pop culture that hopefully are a little bit different than you're hearing in other places. This week, what I've been thinking about, especially after watching uh, Taylor Swift cry, listening to Mariah Carey sing Hero, I was like, man, in the apex of Mimi, there really, there really was nobody else. And I was transported back to, I guess it was 95, 96, when this perfect song, One Sweet Day, that I just learned until Despacito held the record for most weeks at number one on the Billboard Top 100. Isn't that crazy? Like before Despacito came along, like Mariah Carey had that record for 20 years. If I had to hedge my bets on who was going to oust Mariah Carey, feet, boys, two men, it would have not been Luis Fonzi. But here we are. Both great songs for different reasons. I just, One Sweet Day was kind of like, this was an era where there was a lot of songs about like missing people and people in heaven, which is very sweet and very sad. And uh, it, it gives me like, um, oh, there's obviously like, I'll Be Missing You, the biggest, one of the biggest songs of the late 90s ever, uh, then Puff Daddy featuring Faith Evans. But also like, remember Where You Are, Jessica Simpson featuring Nick Lachey. I mean, what's another one? I feel like I'm, I'm typecasting this as like a generation of songs about missing people and I can only think of three. What about like Adam's song? That was pretty sad. Or like Stan by Eminem. Oh my God. Another thing I just learned. Did you guys know that the ter- internet term for like an overzealous obsessed fan, aka a Stan, comes from the Eminem song Stan about like that weird fictional story and that video starring Devin Sawa with a thank you by Dido sampled about a fan like that because Eminem didn't get to sign his little brother's autograph. So then the fan puts on a ribbed white tank, dies, like bleaches his hair and then like kills his pregnant wife and himself in a car. You remember how sad that song was? And that's where the term Stan comes from. I was like mind blown because like, you know, uh, tr- kind of trendy jargon like ship is just, you know, an abbreviation for like a relationship. Like I ship, I don't know, who do the kids care about? Who's in Riverdale? It's something about this song. Like I really loved it. And I I mean, this was more, I feel like there's two different types of 90s music. It's like MTV 90s music, like TRL and then like VH1 countdown. You know, the VH1 countdown was like always a little bit more sophisticated. Whereas if TRL was like playing ad nauseum, you know, Gwen Stefani featuring Eve, let me blow your mind. VH1 was like charting Sheryl Crow. And, you know, I don't like to say unpopular opinion because I feel like people use that mostly when they're about to say some opinion that's super popular. But people say it as in like, I'm quirky. I don't watch Game of Thrones. And like, I actually don't watch Game of Thrones. And I do use that as like a quirky part of my personality. But as I've said before, I am saving it for a major surgery when I will be posted up in a position to where I need to be watching over five seasons of an hour long program. But unpopular or popular opinion, I just Sheryl Crow music really bums me out. I mean, all I want to do is have some fun is the least fun song I've ever heard. And I think she's I think she's great in that like Lilith Fair feminist way. But uh, her song that was really popular in 95 or 96 when. One Sweet Day came out was, uh, oh, Strong Enough, Strong Enough to Be My Man. I mean, decent song, but like I wasn't choosing that over As I Lay Me Down by so- like Sophie B. Hawkins, you know, like I, I just, 
it, it didn't really pack the same punch as some of the other divas, the great divas. I was watching actually the YouTube footage of VH1 divas. And upon watching Carol King, Mariah Carey, Aretha Franklin, Shania Twain, Celine Dion, I think that's everybody. And did I say Mariah Carey? Them compete for the high notes while singing Natural Woman at VH1 Divas 96. I was laughing so hard because I was like, this is a metaphor for Taylor Swift fans guessing the album name. We're just like everybody competing and screaming over each other and like trying to be better. But really, it's just this, I don't know, cacophony of nonsense that is, is drowning out the beauty of the song or the point because we're all just in such competition. It was making me laugh so hard. I miss those VH1 Divas days. I've been like really deep in into the, the great singers lately. I in this whole weekend I've been watching Celine Dion videos and as noted on Instagram today I wanted people to tell me which song which music video was more instrumental in a crippling fear of motorcycle accidents. For me it was Celine Dion's It's All Coming Back to Me because the guy literally is engulfed in flames and then she's like there were nights when the wind was so cold. I'm like, yeah, understatement. And then Tony Braxton's Unbreak My Heart is where Tyson Beckford almost cartoonishly is flipped over a car and he lands on his back and Tony pulls off his helmet and he's still gorgeous as ever looking unscathed. So I don't, in my head, I'm not sure that I thought he died in that video, but he did. Long story short, I think Celine, a lot of people say Tony. All that to say, the most important part is five minutes ago, Tyson Beckford did like the post. So, you know, I just feel it's a great time to be alive. I, I, I've never felt so famous in my life. I, uh, he didn't message me, which I was hoping, you know, start like a flirty dialogue, but, um, you know what? I'll, I'll pick what I can get. I'm, I'm glad he's okay after that motorcycle accident. Anyway, so I've been, I'm, I've been thinking a lot about all these songs, especially after my sister and I recorded the, uh, bonus episode together where we went through sad country songs and I openly wept several times. I just, I, I don't connect with music the same that I do now because I think that when I was younger, I mean, I've always been so introverted and like emotionally intense. And I think when I was younger, I wasn't as self-aware and didn't know how to channel it. And I think that I just found myself through some of these like in super intense love songs. And that sensory experience just really makes me attached to the music. And uh, I, I don't know, watching the Billboard Music Awards and Mariah Carey's whole thing made me be like, why didn't she sing One Sweet Day? Because this was like literally her longest running number one hit. And I know every time I hear this song, I am just straight up like, like beat up, drinking a Fruitopia, uh, smelling like a body splash, probably Moonlit Path from Bath and Body Works. I have like an elastic tattoo choker that like girl in the green ribbon style is alarmingly tight. And I'm flipping through Adelia's catalog, imagining myself just breezily singing in a recording studio that looks like the one from We Are the World with boys to men and like a cute white dog running around, just living my best life. And I, I mean, I never actually bought anything from Delia's that it was kind of expensive and the pants were very baggy. And at a young age, I acknowledged that a wide leg pant did nothing for my figure. Yeah, I don't know. I, uh, I was thinking about Delia's and, um, looking at some of the clothes and saved catalogs on the internet and laughing so hard because I think like, as I've talked about Pen15, the show on Hulu has sent me into this like nostalgia tail, tailspin where I just like am missing my best years. And I don't want to be like into nostalgia and a creepy Owen Wilson in Midnight in Paris way where it's, I think the deeper message of that movie was it prevents you from like being present in your own life. I think that I just am obsessed with this stuff because life really is so vastly different now. And the way you filled your time and the patience we had for everything was just on a different level. And I think that given the lack of technology and stimulation around in like the late 90s, I really was present with music, with TV, with movies. And I was watching and I was listening over and over and over. I was waiting until One Sweet Day, the video came on VH1's Countdown, which I do believe it was also popular on TRL, but like, you know, it was never going to beat out Limp Bizkit featuring Method Man's In Together Now. Do you remember there was a making the video for that? And that, that song like dominated TRL. Um, but it, I just, I don't know. I, I, I always want to balance because I know I talk so much about the 90s on this podcast and I, want, I, don't, I want, don't want you to guys to be like, yeah, we get it, like old news. But also it's just such an important time for many of us. And I know a lot of my listeners are 
what I think is classified as like an older millennial. And I think by definition, millennials are, if you were born between 1980 and 1996, but I think there's such a difference between being born in the 80s versus 90s, maybe early 90s. You like remember some of this because you were at an age where you were probably listening to like Casey Kasem's top 40 in the late 90s if you were, you know, 10 at that point. But I think that there's just, I don't know, there's like an interesting era of older millennials that spent like a ton of time playing outside, completely unsupervised, like come in when it's dark. We just like rode bikes, asked, called, you know, our friends on landlines before 9 p.m., asking if so-and-so could play. We waited five hours to sign online to I Am Our Crush, only to hear that melody of anxiety of, of, a, of a door closing and realize our crush signed off without responding to us to only, you know, scream at our siblings because they wanted to get online. And, you know, if we, we were going to a sleepover, if my mom let me go to a sleepover, pretty sure she like would call the parents first, which, you know what, I respect that now. But at the time I was like, come on, because the whole point is you go to your friend's house whose parents care the least about what's going on. The, the oldest trick in the book is that you would wherever you said you were going, you didn't make sure you at least stopped by there and then call your parents from the landline. And at a point, you know, probably in a post 2002 world, if you had color ID, they'd be like, wow, my daughter's so responsible and actually is calling from a place that she says she is. <laughs> Put it to light. The thing is, I was never doing anything bad. I was just like playing ghost in the graveyard. I, I was just like outside after dark or like hanging out with boys that had zero interest in me whatsoever, but were interested in my friends. So I sat and watched. It was a really, really great time. But yeah, I just, in terms of older millennial patients, like you go to a sleepover, somebody drives you to a blockbuster or like a video time or a Rose video or whatever, and you pick out, you know, you spend forever picking out a movie, probably a VHS at the time. And like, I'm one of those people that since I was a kid, I've always, my favorite movies are ones I've already seen and I have trouble picking out a new movie. But then I also remember kind of like, perusing the like more mature rated R sections and seeing like how Howard Stern's private parts and being like, Oh my God, like this is scandalous. This is porn. And I just like have such vivid memories of like what was on the bottom row and like constantly seeing this Jennifer Aniston movie, I feel like was called picture perfect or something. And that I was never allowed to see. And more often than not, I was just really like jonesing to get Mary Kate and Ashley movies or like the one movie that the one like I think my first rated R movie was Scream, and even though it terrified me, I don't know. I like all, I like loved watching that at sleepovers. I remember I the worst birthday party I ever went to in middle school. The mom made us watch Emma with Gwyneth Paltrow. Like woof, it was so boring. <laughs> uh, but it's it, it, between like yeah, going from like waiting for the VHS, then like waiting for the Netflix DVD to like or like I've always talked about waiting in line for albums. Or, you know, going to listen to just the demos at the Barnes and Noble, which, you know, is another level of sad if you don't have enough allowance money to buy the CD, which happened to me more often than not. I just went and tried to look up if Jessica Alba was in Delia's. Like, I, I was like, am I crazy? And I can't find proof, but I swear to God she was. I remember that so distinctly. I also, um, talking to a friend the other day about how like, remember when you'd go back to school shopping and like, obviously we all loved that. Like who doesn't live for a fresh set of pens and like some crisp notebook paper. But if you go back to school shopping for new clothes, like childhood's kind of the best because you're always growing. So you have to refresh your wardrobe annually as you know, once you stop growing, it's really, it's a lot harder to make that argument, but you'd go buy back to school clothes and you go like buy a new fresh white set of kicks, likely kids or something. Samba's if you had that kind of coin. Uh, gazelles if you like were not a soccer player but wanted to look like the soccer players so you had less functional soccer shoes and uh but you weren't allowed to wear the clothes until school started so you'd go shopping in august and like have a new fresh set of threads just like burning a hole in your closet and you weren't allowed to wear them and in retrospect i'm like why was why was nobody in america allowed to wear their back to school clothes (laughs) everybody i asked this question they're like oh yeah couldn't touch those sneakers until i got to school it's like yeah shouldn't you break them in? Aren't we a threat for blisters or something? It just seems like I I love those like collective memories we all have that like the same thing all happened that may or may not make sense, but like we all endured it together. It made us stronger really. And, you know, again, I don't want to over 
romanticize the, the, the good old days because I kind of hate when people say that and are in the whole like, oh, rock and roll music is the end of society. Or when I say like music today isn't like as good as it once was, uh, I, you know, inevitably there's an adjustment period. But I think sometimes I look back on these one sweet days, if you will, and just really miss the greats. And I know Boys to Men and Mariah Carey are still around. And Casey and Jojo was my wedding song. And, you know, all for one, I can listen to at any given moment. But it's just, I don't know, not hearing these songs come out on the radio, these like monster love ballads just makes me worry that kids today aren't even like, even though those songs mismanaged my expectations, even though I, I like genuinely thought on bended knee was an ad- accurate proxy for what, you know, dating was going to be like, it, it, it didn't, it wasn't harmful. You know, did I have to reset my expectations when, you know, I got to high school and my type became, you know, pays attention to me? Like, yeah, you know, it, it's, it's a tough world out there. It's highly competitive. I know I, I didn't really like seriously date somebody like till well into my 20s. But and maybe that is because of this, the, the, the tunes that I thought that I thought I deserved. But God did spend a little more time on me and I wanted to be treated accordingly. <laughs> but anyway, I just like, like if the kids today like they're in 20 years, are they going to be like, oh, my God, do you remember when the Chainsmokers, you know, sang those lyrics about, you know, like that Blink-182 song that we beat to death in Tucson. Is that are those lyrics? You know, people might dream about that. Whereas we're the ones actually dreaming about Blink-182. It's, that's kind of like a, that's kind of a, what's it called? An inception of uh, music. Because Blink-182 is nostalgic now. And then if people are nostalgic for a lyric about Blink-182, that's interesting too. Um, oh yeah, I, ta- I brought up Adam's song earlier, re-Blink-182. I think... <laughs> I let my husband do our um, like wedding cocktail hour and dinner background music. And I love pop songs that are done by like vitamin string quartet or whatever instrumentals of popular pop songs, because, you know, until you hear blank space on a violin, you don't really appreciate the artistry behind the melody. And I remember sitting there at dinner and we're like in Italy and, you know, it's beautiful and we're all having a great time. People are toasting, we're laughing, we're crying. And in the background, I noticed Adam's song is playing. <laughs> I was like, are you kidding? I never thought I'd die alone. <laughs> the baby laughs hard. He's like, it's a good song. I'm like, yeah, it's a good song. But like, you know, not really the vibe of the occasion. But, you know, great. What's next? The Verve Pipe, the Freshman, maybe a little Pearl Jam last guess. So they really bring down the mood. But uh, yeah, if I could like give anybody two cents. When people are like drinking, talking, eating, it could, don't waste the money on the live music or like the live quartet. Just play it in the background. And for all people knew, there was like a harpist around the corner and they, they couldn't see. You know, people don't really notice, but it is fun when people are like chit chatting and they realize that this like song they're listening to in the background that they thought was like Bach is actually Justin Bieber's Sorry. I really, really enjoy that. Um, but anyway, I'm 18 minutes in of rambling at this point. This, this honestly, this podcast doesn't have like a huge point. It's Sunday. It's Cinco de Mayo. I'm about to go to Big Star, get some spicy margaritas and uh, fish tacos. And I think I'm just so like happy about life. I'm carrying mini tahini bottles around in the event I run into any friends and they want to add some spice to their Cinco de Mayo. I just I love I, I, I'm not uh, even remotely Mexican, but I love it's always been my favorite food. It's always been my favorite type of go out to dinner thing since I was a kid. I all of my bridal showers, I had one that was nacho average bridal shower. My engagement party was fiance fiesta. I just, I have this thing where you can't, it's really hard to not have fun at a Mexican restaurant. And it's really hard to not have fun in, in, and really in the presence of bottomless chips, I'd argue, and tequila. And, you know, until tequila goes south, which does happen pretty quickly. But I just, I think that it's such a joyful, uh, it, it's just a joyful setting that I've just always really enjoyed. And Cinco de Mayo is a, it's just an excuse to go have Marg's midday on a Sunday. And the crowds are going to be wild. And it's kind of one of those things where, you know, when like an, an indie band that you love and you see in a basement and then when they get cool, you're like, you know, who are all these people you sold out? Why is it so mainstream? That's how I feel at like Mayan Palace, my go to Mexican haunt that's like literally always empty when the crowds come out strong for Cinco. And I'm like, where, where are you on a Tuesday in November? You know, like, come on, let's not be fair weather Mexican food fans. But I guess I'm going to have to break the crowds anyway. <laughs> um, 
<laughs> but so for today, I, um, given that I've been thinking about all these things with, you know, Celine Dion and motorcycle accidents, Tony Braxton, or One Sweet Day, Jessica, Nick, uh, where you are. Uh, and I just have been thinking so much about these songs that like make me so emotional. And if you subscribe to Be There and Vibes Patreon, um, where I put up bonus episodes, oftentimes what I'll put up there are conversations I have with my sister. And a lot of it's us going through like, you know, music and TV and memories and just like we're playing name that tune or whatever. It's just kind of like a fun thing we do. But those are always people's favorite episodes. And we recorded one uh, last weekend that <laughs> where we're talking about country music and going and I like in my head really don't like country music, um, but I listened to it a ton like growing up and, you know, through high school and college. And I think I kind of I stopped driving like 10 years ago when I moved, like I've only lived in cities. And I really think there's a strong correlation between the context in which you listen to country music and like driving very well, windows down sitch. And um, I think that, that, yeah, through Kelly and I talking, I slowly realized that A, I love country music and B, I like, the reason I don't listen to it is because it makes me so sad. And this was spurred after a day where I was like in, on a Casey Musgraves deep dive. And just was like sobbing in my bathroom, cleaning out my makeup drawers, being like, why do people do that? This is so masochistic. Like these songs are so sad. And so then, I don't know, we just kind of had a spur of the moment conversation where we talk through sad songs. And I think it's a funny slash fun conversation I wanted to uh, share on here for part of this week's episode. I'm kind of doing like a half, half episode right now because I'm going, I'm leaving town on Wednesday and I'm going down to Dallas and I'm recording podcasts with two awesome gals that I'm so excited about, maybe three. And one of those podcasts should come out later this week. And um, then, you know, we'll kind of be back to a normal schedule. But, you know, that too, like in the event, you're a little bit gun shy on the old Patreon. This is the type of stuff we put up. It's a lot looser. It's fun. It's, you know, a little less edited. And between these combos with my sister and like, you know, divulging the the juicy Kaler or Taylor Swift, Diana Agron or whatever, the con- internet conspiracy theories about her relationships that I don't really feel like gossiping about in like a more public forum, but like are such interesting deep dives that people on the internet have done that I want to walk you through them in an easily digestible format. I do stuff like that on Patreon. So um, yeah, anyway, just think about it. Be there in five.com slash Patreon, $1. There's three uh, tiers. $1 is a listener, $2.95 is a fan, $5 is a super fan. And yeah, it just like means a lot to me. And that's how I, I keep going. And in an era where I'm trying to figure out the best direction to go with this podcast. I'm kind of like, I just love the idea of it being privately supported. Um, but anyway, guys, uh, so I'm going to go hop over to a few snippets from that episode of us, like laughing, crying, cry, laughing, all, all of the above about country. And uh, I hope you enjoyed at least this, you know, inadvertent walk down memory lane for now. And uh, until later this week, I hope you have a good one. Girl, people think it's about Casey Musgraves. Really? They have a rivalry now, apparently. Oh, apparently, no. her, the, the country music scoop is that Casey, Kelsey, and Marin were like thick as thieves. Yeah. But now we're apparently feuding. Kelsey and Marin, I think, are so close. Okay, then it's them against Casey. Interesting. Okay, f- funny we're talking about country music because you know I. Because you I, love it. Well, no, I'm not one of those people that hates it to like fundamentally like rage against it. Like I, oh, yeah. strawberry wine is what I thought love was from like ages 12 <laughs> to 18. Totally. Um, oh my God. Danced anyway. Anyway, I, today I was, I spent, <laughs> this is embarrassing, four hours cleaning my bathroom, like getting rid of all my oh, makeup. I saw that on Instagram. <laughs> and, um, I don't know how, but I got, I was watching like a loop of YouTube videos and then I got to Casey Musgraves and I think I'm like very intrigued by her A, because the public is talking about her a ton, mm-hmm. B, because she won the Grammy, C, because, um, I think she's so beautiful and like mm-hmm. not a lot of people talk about her. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, when somebody's yeah. like super talented and super beautiful, oh, yeah. it's like another like she's level. Almost, right. She doesn't recognize. Yeah. Yeah. But listening to her talk, she's like very low key. And like, kind of like almost Kim Kardashian, like Next, deadpan. Yeah. yeah. Um, but two things. One, she wrote a lot of the songs on Golden Hour while on microdoses of LSD. 
Oh, yeah. And she talks openly about this. And then I, of course, I get obsessed because as a creative, all like I'm so interested in like if you have a natural propensity for something and like Van Gogh and the greats were doing this anyway, like what could you do? And she was like, I would do she did like a small amount of LSD on her porch. And like um, Tim Ferriss, like Steve Jobs, like these, this is like a thing entrepreneurs, creatives do. And she said that mother came to her on LSD and um, slow burn really? and slow. Okay. I had never heard that song before. Oh, yeah. It's the Aaron Burr of it all. Wait for it. It's oh. I identified. So I was like, Oh my God, this song is very important to me right now because it, it's very wait for yeah. it. Yeah. It's very yeah, like an interesting you're not going to have the biggest, the brightest mm-hmm. hit at the mm-hmm. onset. Like I love a slow burn and she likens it to like a really good glass of wine or like whatever. Mm-hmm. And um, anyway, so then I, for an hour obsessively <laughs> watched Casey Musgrave videos and um, I found her articulate and calm and interesting and honest. Like Taylor Swift would never tell you she was on oh. LSD on her porch. The fact that it's not a news story is a testament to like how to um play the media well yeah oh for sure because she's still respected and like she still won a grammy i hadn't heard that oh i I heard it before i was aware of her music but i was like actively looking for this explanation oh okay um and then the second part of the country music thing is i remembered why i don't listen to country music oh that's upsetting i really wanted a, a concert buddy this summer no, the, and that, the reason is it, ma- it makes me cry. It makes me upset. Oh. It's, it's, um, it's, it's so, uh, it's like her song, Mother. I, I made it through 10 seconds. <laughs> it's so sad. It's about how she misses her mom and then her mom misses her mom. And like, in, or even like at, at country music is, it's, it's storytelling. Mm-hmm. And I think so often it's about like a hard point or a nostalgic point in life and it, it 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 it's not I'm just never in the mood to go there. See, I guess what's interesting is that is why I like it so much because yeah. it does it puts me in a calm place of like I relate to this. Mm-hmm. I get this. Right. And granted, I'm pretty open and talk pretty openly about like stuff that's happened or feelings. But there's something about listening to country music cuz you're a big podcast listener. Like you could listen to podcasts all day every yeah. day. I could listen to country music 24 seven and probably like the same 10 songs on repeat. It's, I don't know. I love country music. No, but like, that's, that's what I mean. I relate. Like, I, it, but I like it. I really do like it. I just mean like, I'm not always, you know, ready for concrete angel. <laughs> well, that's a pretty extreme example. <laughs> There are plenty of country songs okay. that are, have good sentiment, but are also upbeat. Do you think that like you're so Kelly, while open, is considerably less emotional than me, oh. which is something you guys might not really realize. No, but I mean, because we have we seem very similar, but like we're actually not. Right. No, no, no. We're actually very different. And I'm I think not that, emotional and you are. And I think that um, country music probably makes you feel closer to where my default setting is probably and then my default (laughs) setting being tipped over the edge is is more than you can handle is more than i can handle or like even um freaking kenny chesney the good stuff (laughs) that song kills me it's a great song, but I don't, I don't the cry. The side of her ha- holding my baby girl. <laughs> I know. The way the she way adored she that string of pearls. The day, wait, the way she adored that string of pearls. I gave her the day that her born named Earl married his high school love. And it's a new t-shirt saying, I'm a grandpa, being right there as her time got small and Old holding her hand. hand. <laughs> oh, she's crying. Keep crying right now. Again. I just won't sing along because I'm such a terrible singer. It's but so sad. how are you tearing up, Kelly? That's the saddest. <laughs> Girl, but that's what's so great. It, not just country music in general; it brings out different emotions in different people. And you know, for you, <laughs> should I take a picture, Tugboat? Can you please console your mother because she's having a breakdown? Um, how does that song start? Oh, and like, so basically, he and his lady had a big fight. They separate, and then he he's, like, thinks about all the good things in life. Right. 
And it's a really intense song that I can't handle. You were like actually streaming tears right now. Um, uh, okay, yeah, because it's the first long kiss on a second date. Mama's yeah. all worried when you, you get, get home, home late and drop in the ring in the spaghetti, spaghetti plate because your, your hands, hands are shaking so much. much. Yep. And it's the way that she looks with her rice oh. and her hair. Okay. <laughs> okay. Her okay. First Wait, year. Kelly, Kelly, did you just say her, the rice in her hair? Yeah, is that, that not though, it? I thought that too. <gasps> the way she looks with her eyes and her hair. <gasps> I always thought it was rice in her hair. I like know. The rice. Oh, oh no. Oh, see, I thought it was like she ate a rogue sushi roll. <laughs> I was like, oh my god, I always get rice in my hair in transit. <laughs> The soy sauce. No, well, you do because you use an, a crazy a lot amount, of amount of soy sauce. Yeah. No, I thought rice in her hair was like you know the tradition of throwing rice like on their wedding day. That's no what Kelly. I thought it was. Her eyes and her hair. Eyes and her hair. Eating bur- burnt suppers the whole first year and asking for seconds to keep what, her from tearing, tearing up. up. Yeah, that's the good stuff. No, it's a great song. I just don't think I've ever teared up listening to it. But oh yeah, and then here you go. I saw a black and white picture and it took my stare. It was a pretty girl with bouffant hair. He said, that's my Bonnie. <laughs> Taken about a year after we wed. He said, I spent five years in the bar when the cancer took her from me. I've been sober three years now because I want things stronger than the whiskey. Is the shot of her holding her baby girl. Yeah. Girl, she just move on because clearly we can't take this. I, you know what? I do kind of, I mean, oh, not I, usually. Sometimes I wish I was maybe a little more emotional. No, like, you don't. Like maybe if I could take some of the emotion from you so you weren't quite as. So guys, the other song, country song that, you know, just like brings me to my knees. But Tim McGraw's Where the Green Grass Grows. <laughs> You've got to be kidding me. I'm not even going to. Oh. You don't agree? <laughs> That's a sad song. What what about that song makes you cry? Um, I it, it it it's like about like the simple stuff. Yeah. Like I'm gonna live with the green grass grows. Watch my corn pop up in rows. Every night be tucked in close to you. Raise our kids where the good Lord's blessed. Point our ch- rocking chairs toward the west and plan our Sad. dreams where the peaceful river flows. Yeah, it's sweet. I don't, the ident- grass grows. I don't identify with no, a single yes, word. No, you do not. That is a dream of mine. <laughs> I guess that I just, I don't know. It's like, I've never heard a Pharrell song that brings me to tears. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, like a lot of other genres just don't do that. Like pops. I mean, I don't cry no. listening oh, to I Taylor agree. Swift no, songs. I mean, it's definitely more. I mean, think about every John Michael Montgomery song. Oh my God. I like, know. Literally every single one. It, it's they're they're so great. They're so intense. Do you? Um, how do you feel about the dance? Oh. <laughs> well, okay. Um, I've never seen Garth Brooks in concert, and I I would pay a lot of money to see him in concert. You know, I really hope he has a tour and comes to Chicago. Garth and his wife ruined dancing for me. <laughs> I hope you dance, and the dance are both songs that kill me. One is because, wait, okay, dad and I were driving home from a volleyball tournament in Roanoke in his convertible, uh-huh. and um, I hope you dance came on. Did you just start crying? And I think it's, I don't know why, it's like what I think about. Okay, what's so great about being a crier is that if it's you expected. establish with people around you that yeah. you cry, it's, a, it's not weird. Oh, but when I agree. people never cry, it becomes a spectacle. That so, like, guys, just cry. I'm making a big deal because it's funny right now because we're on air talking about music that you don't even necessarily like. But so well, I hope you still anyways. feel small when you stand beside the ocean. Oh. I mean, that song's whenever one. Be- it's beautiful. Um, it is. Our lives are better left to chance. Yeah. I could have missed the pain. But, but I'd have had to miss yeah. the dance. That song isn't as sad to me, but like that's poetry. That song speaks volumes to me. Really? I, I, I feel like I relate a lot to that song. More than my wish by Rascal Flatts. <laughs> if they mother, okay, if they mother the and son get up the at thing. a wedding and dance to my wish, I am, I am Alex Mack, radioactive <laughs> puddle, sliding through the vents. I am melted. I am dying. That is actually true. Um, can I please do a playlist of super sad songs that you have to name on the podcast? Actually, yeah, that'd be really funny. 
see like how many lyrics you can name without crying. That would be fun. We talked um, about how I used to get baited with butterfly kisses. Oh, because it's so. All upset. you have to do, you're like you're crying. All you have to do is say the name, and you're like dead. R.I.P. Honestly, sorry, girl. that girl, that I'm sorry. That song is it's just it's it's a clickbait of the ears. It's like don't make me cry because you bring out something uniquely emotional and me don't make everyone cry. Cause it's fundamentally sad. Like the Christmas shoes. <laughs> I am so mad about the, I will never get over the monster that made the Christmas shoes. That is a, that's a tough one. So I want to buy these shoes. <laughs> For my mama, please. It's Christmas Eve. <laughs> These shoes are just her size. Oh. I'm sorry. Could you hurry, sir? Daddy says there's not much time. You see, she's been sick for quite a while, and I know these shoes would make her smile, and I want her to look beautiful if mama meets Jesus tonight. <laughs> 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 That did bring tears to my eyes. That is it very did. sad. Yeah. I've, see? Don't I look like it? Mission Do accomplished. I, I just wanted you to feel what I was feeling. Uh, no, I don't think I could ever feel what you're feeling. <laughs> this is what I have to be very. Well, yeah, I tell people on the podcast all the time. I'm like, I don't watch crime, fire, police, yeah. medical. Like, I don't. I'm so easily like, for lack of a better word, triggered. Oh yeah, you are. And like, I've been yeah now crying for half an hour. That's really good content. Sorry. <laughs> Using your okay. Living my truth um, on Patreon. But when you talked about my wish, I couldn't think of it, and then I understood. Did you remember? I know it's a little kitschy, but Rascal Flat song. What hurts the most? Of course. But what's hurt, what hurts the most was a great song. So is Bless the Broken Road. Oh, yeah. I'd go to a I, Rascal Flats concert. Would you? I'll look to yeah, see if they're for coming. Sure. I, they do have a lot of great mid 2000s. Is that them? Soupy cup of milk. No, that's not them. Front porch looking in? Is that no, that's no, Lone no, Star? No, 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 no. No, it's not. Um Phil. No, it is them. It is them. My front porch looking in, right? Who's Pampers now thin and may tag dryer. Trails go up one drawer higher. Retag Barney for the 18th time. Breakfast six, naps at nine. There's bubble gum in the baby's hair. Sweet potatoes in my lazy chair. Crazy all day long. Mr. Mom. I love that song. That is them. The dog's back. Oh, Tugboat. Did you, was our singing that good? I don't want to like, I melt. Yes. I remember feeling confused during the I Melt video because it was this very sexy video and like the girl was in the shower and then the Rascal Flats lead singer was such a potato head. I, it just like didn't match the sexy vibe of the song. <laughs> I'm really sorry. <laughs> um, I was looking up what are the top country songs of all time to see if you can guess. The top. Oh, uh, Yeah. Literally, the top song on Billboard.com is Cruise, Florida Georgia Line. Oof, that's rough. <laughs> I mean, it's a good song, but like... No, I can jam with that's it. That's crazy. I just... It's interesting. Who is Hunter Hayes? Who is Hunter Hayes? But like, okay, so number eight, somebody like you, Keith Urban, that tracks. Oh, totally. That song was huge. Oh, that was so huge. Nine. I was so glad when he won this year. You know. I'm happy. He really is great to stay next to Nicole Kidman. I mean, I know with his flat ironed hair yes, and his middle part and his tiny stature. His, and he just, he just seems happy to be he's, there. He's happy to be there. He's the nicest all around guy. He was so shocked. Yeah. But number nine is a very important song to me. <laughs> In term, remember how um, back a while back, I was saying how music in the late 90s, early 2000s, like, defined how I thought about love. And, like, 
Yes. I thought if somebody wasn't like, hey, girl, God must have spent right. a little more time on you, <laughs> that they were like, right. not the man not for you. me. Yeah. This, this song is responsible for most of that, which is that of Lone Star Amazed. Oh, oh. The most romantic <sighs> song of all. <laughs> Truly. The, that's the problem, though. You it's hear not these real. songs, it's so not real. Right. Um, Keith Urban song that really relates to breakups. Tonight I Want to Cry. Oh, yeah, that that's is a, a good tough song. one. That's a tough one. Yeah, like, I mean, it, it's a sad, it's a real sad But what song. are his, like, mega hits? He recently was Blue Ain't Your Color. It's <laughs> rude. You don't know that song? It's talking about, like, how, like, sad doesn't look good on you. Like, Blue oh, Ain't Your Color, that's nice. you know? Yeah. Actually, he does not have that many big songs. Besides, you'll think of me, I know that one. John Cougar, John Deere. John 316. No, no, no. You can't take no, it? No, no, no. That's the name of, no. The name That's of the, the name song of, no. is John Cougar, John Deere, John 316. <laughs> that is so embarrassing. For God gave his only son. Right. That's what I had to re- recite on the rock climbing wall <laughs> to get let back down. Okay. Number 12 is a Tim McGraw song, but not the one I thought it would be. What is it? Just to see you smile. You like that? That actually could bring a tear to my eye. Like counted up the cost. It's worth all that's lost just to see. I know I'm singing for you. The premise is that like he lets go of the girl he loves. Like he sees her get go and like get married to somebody else just because he wants her to smile. Oh, yeah. That's like the theme song of like all of my exes. jam out to that in college and be like one day someone's gonna like say that about me they are all the time i actually would do anything to see you smile Girl, kelly i include same, hold, hold you against you. your will at 10 p.m on a sunday is it 10 9 52 oh, i'm no. gonna let you go by 10 no it's um, a great easter i love this song need you now oh yeah that song's important it's uh, that's uh, it's so good yeah okay really fast that's lady Annabellum. Yes. Are they coming Kelly, to Chicago? Kelly, yeah. Kelly, why yeah. would Taylor Swift give, give up, up Better Man? Better Man? I don't know. It's, that is, well, in my entire life, probably be one of my top five all-time songs. Kelly, I don't even, like, wish somebody was a better man. And that <laughs> song brings me, I was crying in the bathroom oh. listening to it today. <laughs> sure. I, so I saw um, Sugar Land perform last year yeah and they played the video so they had taylor in the video in the background and yeah. jennifer nettle singing i it was no oh, it's oh, babe the, no oh, lady antebellum babe. I'm so sorry. is <laughs> so bad That's so embarrassing That's so embarrassing um you were watching lady antebellum i've never seen lady antebellum but i'm dying to see them but i saw them open for luke bryan oh i want to get nacho but of course you did <laughs> but better you man Alan. I'll get a pole. Is that them? We'll go fishing in the official <laughs> town. Yeah. No, that's Little Big Town. Oh, okay. No, I saw Little... Okay, they're like the same. No, and Lady Annabellum is two guys, one girl. Hillary Scott, the brother of the guy married to Catherine and Heigl. And the blonde curly hair. Yeah. No, that's, that's Lady Annabellum. Who sings Better Man? Uh, little, little Big, big Town. Town. Yes. No, you were right. I, I was... No, I was wrong. I thought it was oh. Lady Antebellum, and then oh. you were talking about the... Oh, Little Big Town, but not Sugarland. You were talking about Sugarland. <laughs> yeah. That's what I'm saying. It's all very confusing. Yes. Little Big Town. Little Big Town sings Better Man. And I did. Okay. So I did see Little Big Town open for Luke Bryan. Yes. But all I knew yes, was Pontoon yeah, Boondocks. I don't know. I don't love those songs. But Better Man is an all time. Because it's <sighs> the anthem of every woman who ever, ever has had their heart broken, and all you wanted was for them to just do one thing right. 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 Just be a better man. And, oh. but like, and you can miss somebody. Oh, yeah. Even if they're garbage. Right. Is I, the premise. Exactly. I just wish you were a better man. Like, everything would have been fine if you could have just, that's what I'm saying, like, just could have done this one thing. Like, if you just didn't lie or didn't cheat or didn't whatever, right. like, insert whatever it is that you're going through, right. everybody can make it their own. I, I, I gave you the best of me and we both know you can't say that. Yeah. 
she's beyond. Why the fact that she wrote Babe and gave it to Sugarland? Okay, I don't prefer- like Babe. You don't? No. But what about not what not? You probably don't like it because Jennifer Nettles sings it and it's very twangy. Dear mom and dad, <laughs> please send mommy. I'm so. But listen, <laughs> the message though is so good. This is the last time I'll ever call you, you babe. babe. Yeah. Oh, oh, that gives me goosebumps. It does not do much for me. Oh, it takes me back to one specific instance. But like, okay, so it's like, why did you do this, babe? We could have something, babe. I mean, it's like, I feel like it's not as sophisticated as a lot of her lyrics. No, well, that's probably, well, she gave it away, and, but it's a good. She wrote it in 2012. For Jennifer Nettles to sing. But it's, I think it's so good because it's all about him cheating. Oh, it is? See, I haven't really given and it that much like, thought. And I see the permanent damage you did, did to, to me. me. Yes. I mean, oh. never again. I just wish I could forget when it was magic. I wish I was at 4 a.m. standing in the mirror saying to myself, you know, you had to do it. I know the bravest thing I ever did it was run. run. Yes. That, see? That lyric, that's a Taylor Swift lyric. Yeah. That's like a... Bravest thing I ever did was run. Yeah. Um, that's why I'm saying that song... I know I'm probably better off all alone than needing a man who could change his mind at any given minute. Mm-hmm. And it's always on your terms. <laughs> who are we just talking about that's on somebody's terms? Beyonce talking about oh, how right, she like, right. tried to make herself softer, prettier. Like, he, even though he messed even up. Even though he messed up. But yeah. So I was talking to one of my friends who was like, that song got me through so many tough times or Lemonade yeah. did. And I was like, how confusing is it as a woman, though? Beyonce is the epitome of strength, but like she forgave. And I think a lot of times the messaging would be like, leave. Yeah. Go for yours. And I think that's something that always really confused me about Beyonce is um, her strength of character paired with her traditional Mm -hmm. beliefs that kind of kept her insulated in in a not great situation. And a lot of people say it's like a business relationship marriage, but like, I I think they got together when they were so young. It's like both. Yeah, I could see that. Because I think marriage after a long time, you are kind of friends. Like, I think it's important to remember though, that whether it's cheating or whatever the um, incident or indiscretion is yeah it's so dependent on the situation that you're in and so for Beyonce and Jay-Z it worked out for them to be able to stay together whether it was for business reasons or not right. and for some people that's the right thing to do and for some people it's not and right. it's totally situational like Beyonce can't go on Raya <laughs> can you imagine I mean like at a certain level of fame you can't no, just you stay can't. that I cannot imagine being at that level, like a Taylor Swift level, and like trying to. Nobody can pretend like they are not so affected by being a super famous oh, person's right. significant other. Well, I just think about. I mean, dating is hard as an everyday average Joe. Right. If you then throw in the fact that, like, does this person love me because I'm famous? Right. <laughs> or do they love me because I'm me? Or if you date somebody else famous. Do they have a team that's keeping secrets so that you'll never find out? Like, it's how strategic, do you know? right? Yeah, it's like, like every time I, just, I go to I, a Vinny's, I'm like, can I win? <laughs> Girl, you have so many fans that just won't leave you alone. I mean, I don't know how Greg is your spouse because you how does get he handle it? People come up to you all the time. No, I don't. Literally never. Or the Where tricky is thing. Suds in the bucket. Is that uh, Sarah? What's her name? Yeah. <laughs> I like that song. <laughs> I can't find I hope you dance. I'm so confused. I like it. I love it. It's fantastic. It's number 60. Achy Breaky Heart is 61. Before he cheats, 64. So it's like funny because to me, these songs like to, to suggest that I like it, I love it is behind Don't Rock the Jukebox by Alan Jackson is like a hey, crime. That's a good song. It's fine. But like I cannot believe Cruise by Florida Georgia Line. But is that the one with Nelly? He Nelly did the remix. That's Not the better the one though. Yeah, I agree. I think everybody just likes to think of themselves as the passenger, you know, windows down. 
It's like Shadezi said, life's so sweet in the passenger seat. <laughs> Do you remember that? <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and get, grab these. See, now I'm dying because I just looked up top songs of the 90s. <gasps> and you know what I got? What? Friends in Low Places. Yeah. This kiss. Oh. She's in love with the boy. Yeah. Oh. Amazed. Oh. Boots good buggy. Yeah. Strawberry wine. Should have been a cowboy. It's your love. Wide open spaces. Like it. Love it. Chattahoochee. Any man of mine. Achy break your heart. Meet in the middle. Still the one. <laughs> Check yes or no. Meet I, in the middle. Diamond Rio. Oh, Meet oh, in the oh, middle. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I like all 16 of those songs. So. I'm back. When, Kelly, I'm back. Okay. Two of my favorite country songs are about Memphis. Can you tell me? what they are walking on memphis walking to memphis uh-huh. and is it a taylor swift song no it's like the most random song but i love it i have no idea maybe it was memphis <laughs> maybe it was southern summer nights maybe it was you maybe it was me but it sure felt right it's a real power ballad it, it, one could you, would you it listen a, to it on your way home and then tell sure. me what you think well, after I'll better man of things to do oh i well even like when we were at bub city they played like red dirt road like yeah, yeah i get it like you drank your first beer that's where you found jesus where you wrecked your first car <laughs> like that i wasn't mad at least i recognized it yeah like you don't always have to be playing like the the, the hits I, generally no. speaking alan jackson i'm not gonna be like crowd surfing over but it, but he has some, some good, good ones. Hits. Yeah, oh yeah, for sure. Um, person that doesn't have good ones, Martina McBride. Excuse you, Concrete Angel. Well, it's that's a sad one. Independence Day. Like they're so sad, Kelly. Oh, what is it? Tell me a Martina McBride song that's not about something tragic. I'm, the only one I'm thinking of is pretty tragic. In my daughter's eyes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a third one. They're all terrible. Um. Independence Day is a is a revived goodbye Earl. This one's for the girls. Yeah, that's decent. That's more that's decent. That's decent. I, I dance to that. I'm gonna go watch Sunday service. Yeah, you're gonna literally be up all night. No, I'm gonna watch Kanye's Sunday service. And Jesus walks church socks. <laughs> that's what they say. He's selling socks for forty five dollars. I say Jesus don't walks church socks. Understand why? Which is more expensive, the brown sweatshirt or the, the tan sweatshirt? The tan one is $165 and the brown is $225. There is no discernible difference other than the color. Thank you as always, Kelly. Girl, always a pleasure. So this was the pleasure is all mine. This was so fun. You're the best. You're the best. Well, I guess I'm gonna do my outro just in case. I don't feel like recording another podcast. Oh, great. Go ahead. So let me know your thoughts. And I will let you know mine. I'll be there in five. I swear. He said spent five years in the bunk when the cancer took her from me. But I've been sober three years now. Cause the one thing stronger than the whiskey was the sight of her holding our baby girl. The way she adored that string of pearls I gave her the day.